Actually, I am quite well, Donald. Um, as we had discussed earlier, I am a brand, well, yes. no, that's not correct. I'm not a new grandfather, but there is a new grandchild in the Moore family. Congratulations. And the little brother came yesterday. Absolutely. Congratulations. So I'm, I'm, you know, still riding that wave that, that, that comes with being grandpa. And uh, uh, things are going very, very well. Very, very well. In fact, I'll, I'll just take a moment because you're too modest to say this. But uh, what you are doing is very, very important, very significant. And while we may have helped you get started in terms of some semblance of inspiration, uh, your continuance, 10 years, that's significant. Thank you. There are a lot of people out here who have great and wonderful ideas, and I usually give them six months. Right. Because they don't really understand how much work goes into putting this together. Right. And so I just smile and say, yes, we're going to do this. Yes, we're going to do this. I said, okay, fine, go right ahead. And six months later, I'm looking for them, and they usually aren't there. Right. So to put in 10 years uh, and – if you don't mind, I'd like to mention the fact that one of the most beautiful young ladies I've ever met, I don't know how old she is, but she's doing a great job of playing hostess. And she just handed me a golden buck. My and with this Alan. golden buck, that's your daughter? Yes. Okay. Alan. Yes. Well, she, she, I'm going to try to hit her up again for another golden <laughs> buck. But uh, one of the benefits of showing up, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there, Donald is requested that if you're in the area, just come on by is that there is a golden buck which can be used at Golden Corral. And the beauty of this is that, and, and, and I can take a moment to kind of deal with this. You've talked about sponsorships. You've talked about advertising. Mm -hmm. I could not be prouder, excuse me, of the fact that North Carolina Mutual is supporting you because yes. Durham's my hometown. And when you live in Durham, North Carolina, growing up like I did, I, I used to tell this story to my students when I was uh, teaching in Ohio. I, I would just flat out say I had examples of people that looked like me that were doing everything. Mm -hmm. You know, if I needed bread, I'd go to the black grocery store. If I needed my clothes cleaned, I could take it to the black cleaners. And all within walking distance. I was born in a black hospital. So whenever I look for role models, I mean, North Carolina Mutual Life Insurance Company, a black insurance company, yes. And, and actually, there was a little competition going on. We all went to Hillside High School, except for the few that, went to Merrick Moore or some of the other uh, institutions in Durham. And there's, you know, a little competition going on between the mutual kids mm -hmm. and the central kids. Okay. My father taught at North Carolina Central, so I was connected to North Carolina Central. But then there are those who were North Carolina mutual kids because in many instances it provided employment for a lot of people. It provided opportunities to do some things for a lot of people. And, and I tell folk, yes, I grew up on North Carolina Central's campus, although back during my time, it was highly suggested uh, that I go to another institution. So I did um, and uh, followed through. But there's always been maroon and gray in my blood. So uh, as a result of that, um, seeing those black institutions doing the things that they do makes us very happy to see guys like you and others continue to do your thing uh, as best you possibly can. And to have a mutual support you as well as your other sponsors is what it's all about. Because what happens is that sometimes we don't sell it the way we should, but black folk spend money. Sure. Sure, you're right. Bunch of money. Right. And one of the best ways, and, and there's a gentleman by the name of D. Park Gibson who had put all of this in a very detailed um, 
statement and, and uh, was about the black consumer market. And he basically said, in many instances, if you want to get black consumers or any consumer, you've got to invite them. And one of the ways that you invite them is by advertising. And we will pick up a newspaper. We will see ads. And in many instances, we make decisions based upon the ads that we see. So you are reaching an audience that hopefully these advertisers would like to turn into customers. And if that is the case, then perhaps they need to let those customers know we would love to have you come to our establishment to do business. So keep it up. I know it's been tough. There are a lot of people out here who just don't seem to understand that connection between the audience that you're serving and potential customers they can be for whatever reason. So hang in there and uh, we'll be there to give you when those days aren't too well, a word of encouragement. I appreciate it because, you know, I've called you plenty, plenty of times. <laughs> We've had our conversations, for, yes. For that. And how was it for you? I mean, because now, you know, we're in a whole different age than when you started on a dance, which you would think that things would be a little easier, but they're not. But w what year did you start on a dance and how difficult was it advertising sponsorship wise for you? It all began back in, um, uh, I would say, 1987. Uh, that was the time that I, I saw what had happened was uh, I'm from North Carolina. I just told you I was born and raised in Durham, uh, but I got to do some freelance work with black entertainment television. And again, it's all about connections. You know, one of my classmates at NC State University, where I went to college, worked at BET. We are at the CIAA tournament. And my background basically is in statistics and information. My mother and father were both librarians, so I began to learn the value of information and worked a lot to, 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 to try to accumulate it. In fact, my basketball career, listening to Stephen A. talk about his career, my basketball career ended very early in life because in this particular case, the junior high school basketball coach was my neighbor. Mm -hmm. And he lived right down the street, so of course, every black man thinks he can play basketball. So I went out for the team, and uh, he pulled me over to the side and said, uh, uh, I'm going to need you to come to practice because I need the body. Mm -hmm. But I also want you to be our statistician. And I said, why? He says, well, I think you could handle it more than some of the other gentlemen out here on the court. Uh, and so that began my career as keeping statistics. Um, and thanks to many of the guys that I scrimmaged with, um, the Hillside High School Pony Express that I'll give a shout out to, uh, I was the guy reporting it back to the newspapers. Mm -hmm. And in many instances, they didn't believe the scores. So I'm calling, I said, yes, I like to report a score from the Hillside High School basketball game. And I give him the score, and the guy said, uh, we don't believe you. I said, all right, well, come on over to the gym and watch this team, and you'll begin to understand. Well, as the season progressed, then it became a matter of how many points did you get tonight? Wow. And uh, I'll always remember 148 to 68 was probably the largest margins wow. that we had done. Wow. Uh, and that was the beginning of beyond my sports information career. I never thought of it that way, but, you know, reporting the scores in high school in many instances um, follow the same kinds of procedures that a sports information director may do in reporting the results of their particular games. So as a result of that beginning, my BET experience where if you haven't seen it, you must experience Jackson State Southern University mm -hmm. right. playing each other. Yes. I am at a facility, and I knew about the CIAA tournament. Of mm -hmm. course, back then it was still being played at North Carolina Central in much smaller venues. But I got to see Jackson State 
and Southern University in Veterans Memorial Stadium in Jackson, Mississippi. 65,000 people. All of them look like me with no problems. So whenever they're talking about, yes, you, you have to watch it when so many folks get there. That was a problem. It's just, I mean, and yes, there was always friendly rivalry, mm-hmm. but it wasn't ugly. Uh, and I saw that. I said, you know, there's a market out here because just like you had noticed, the people were not covering HBCUs. I knew for a fact that the local newspapers could care less about HBCUs. So I chose to become a vehicle to let people know the scores of games involving HBCUs. I've stayed focused on that, have done specific kinds of activities related to just letting people know what's happening. And I try to cover the country and even from uh, Harris Stowe University that's in St. Louis. St. Louis, right. They are now pushing their athletic program uh, but, yeah, I, that's what I did. And the advertising route I did was once on the Internet, which is a distribution system. You know, I, I originally had visions of being a radio and television owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I realized the Internet is just another distribution system. I can get through without all of these gatekeepers. And so that began the process. But I use Internet ad networks on my site as a way of generating revenue as opposed to going out and knocking on doors. I used to sell radio time. And in so many instances, you finally got somebody to listen to you, and they transfer out. Right. There's yeah. nothing more frustrating oh, man. I'm <laughs> than walking you. into the door, asking for something. Oh, they don't work here anymore. Yeah. Ah, so now i got to retrain the next group of ad buyers to see if they can even consider what I have to offer. Again, we're joined by Eric Moore, the managing partner of Onadan.com. Certainly, Onadan.com. I looked up to Onadan, still do, uh, as a matter of fact. And uh, Mr. Moore, from my days of being a student at Morgan State to uh, being at A&T, working in Shaw and so on and so forth. And, you know, we, we've traveled a lot of different places <laughs> to the SIAC media yes. days and NEAC yes. and SWAC and all over the place. And... I want to ask you this, Mr. Moore. How have you seen, in, you said 1987, so yes. we're talking, what, 28, 28 yes. years. Uh, how have you seen HBCU sports grow in that 28 years since you first started on a day? Well, it's interesting you ask that question because we reflect on it a lot these days. Back then, quite frankly, you didn't have as many options as you do today. And so, and I still remember the mink coats on Thanksgiving Day at the football game. Just to show you how far back (laughs) I go. It didn't matter what temperature was. The the mink coats came out (laughs) during Thanksgiving uh, when A&T and Central would play each other on Thanksgiving Day because they weren't worried about the playoffs. They didn't exist back then. What has happened is I think we have become a little more comfortable with recognizing that we don't have the captive audience that we once had. And fortunately, thanks to social media and other outlets, there are now some serious attempts to let people know that, yes, there are some good people at HBCUs, much of what HBCUs are about, um, and perhaps, again, that distribution system. You know, the Social media has now made it possible for the HBCU story to get told, whereas before, the gatekeeper, just using a communication term, right. didn't let that information get through. Right. So I think we are now seeing a potential rebirth because a lot of schools have begun to recognize, especially recently, I mean, with the enrollment drops and other things that are happening in HBCUs. I know a lot of us were very happy to know South Carolina State University made its enrollment goal this year. 
Beautiful. And beautiful. So beautiful. many of beautiful. our institutions are driven by enrollment. And that tuition helps run the school. And so where you used to look forward to aunts and uncles directing the kids to the HBCU. Unfortunately, we have some aunts and uncles who are directing kids away from the HBCU. And in many instances, and there's a guy, in fact, who just did a commercial for a federal state university. Uh, we know him as Flex, but he was talking about the extras that he got being at an HBCU campus that I know, having attended a PWI, don't exist. Right. And to have people begin to understand that that nurturing, the extra effort, the the one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, attention that you're going to get in HBCU. Now people are beginning to tell that story. So it's going to be interesting to see what I think will be a rebirth uh, in years to come. You know, we were kind of sitting back, assuming that we we're going to still get these students regardless. All of a sudden, we now are seeing enrollment drops. So now yeah. we've got to get out and market ourselves. Yeah. So I believe that transition is now taking place. But obviously, there's there are too many good stories about HBCUs, regardless of the small ones, the large ones. And so I think as now people begin to understand, we've got to be a little more proactive. I believe you're going to see a change. It's a beautiful thing, uh, Mr. Moore. And, and lastly, we've got about two minutes. Uh, uh, Luke Williams and, and you, uh, myself, Luke, we've gone, like I said, we've gone to all these various, Stan Luter, uh, Benita Best, yes. uh, big shots out to her, of course, the editor of the Triangle Tribune. Um, to all of these various uh, 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 media days and so on and so forth. Um, talk about your relationship with Luton. I know you got some, uh, some good stories to tell. <laughs> yes, it's interesting that Luton and I started working together as a result of a recommendation from Ed Hill, who was the sports information director at the Howard University. Luton had this idea. And in fact, I actually have it on tape because we had a story done by Sam Crenshaw, who is now in the um, Atlanta market, but he was at the uh, WFNY uh, TV in Greensboro and, in fact, worked with Black College Sports Today, which was a half-hour black college-oriented program on ESPN. Mm -hmm. So the Black College Sports page, which is Lute's um, baby, uh, was featured on uh, Black College Sports Today. And Luke basically says he was driving up the highway. He lives in Danville, Virginia, but he's kind of based in uh, Greensboro and often travels back and forth up and down U.S. 29. But it hit him to put together black college sports information in a format so that black newspapers could run it without any extra effort. He literally sent them a camera-ready page, ready to go. All they had to do was slap it in their newspaper, and off it went. And so when he was thinking about how am I going to put this together? He talked to Ed and he and Ed are very good friends. And Ed said, you need to talk to Eric Moore. So Luke and I got together and started talking and in effect, he went the print route and then I went the internet route, mm -hmm. but both of us were looking at ways to promote black colleges. Uh, in fact, he actually began to put his black college sports page into a book that turned out to be green, and we always call it the mellow green. But it's history, mm -hmm. and I've been seeing some interesting things about Steve McNair's Heisman Trophy video. I said, well, Luke was covering Steve McNair before people even realized who he was going right. to be. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we go way back. In fact, this is his 22nd year doing the Black College Sports page, and we've been together since day one. 
22 years, although he's ahead of me in the grandpa range, he has more kids and more <laughs> yeah. grandkids. Right. Uh, but, yeah, we've been basically, and we usually talk weekly, <laughs> to be honest with you, because he'll touch basically anything coming up that I need to include. I says, well, yeah, you might want to think about this. In fact, this week's edition of the Blackout of Sports Space, which we include on the Honored Dan site, right. but he also distributes it to um, other newspapers, was talking about the heavenly beginning to the football season in that Edward Waters College this weekend is going to be playing the College of Faith. Mm, right. And then after they play the College of Faith, they're playing another university with a similar name. I think it's the College of God's Chosen. That's going to be next Saturday, the 29th. And then Redemption Christian College is going to be an opponent of Livingstone down the road. Wow. 